The sermon lesson text comes from selections from Proverbs. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. This is the word of the Lord. Our good Lord, we just ask that you would speak to us through your good word, that you might give us good news of hope in a God on whom we can fully rely. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So I'm not normally a sit-down preacher, but today is a little different than I think any other sermon that I've, I've worked on, um, thinking back to a lot of what to say today is, is very personal to me. It goes, I think, back to the summer of 2010, and there was a lot that was happening in the life of, of our family in particular. We were at a crossroads like we had not been before. Katie and I had been married for about uh, six years there was a church that I was a part of since college that I had started working for and had worked there for about five years. During that time, I was also going to seminary for training um, initially to just be a counselor and, and God's strange guidance somehow ended up doing what I'm doing today. But a couple things happened. Uh, seminary was ending, so I was graduating in the spring of 2010. The church was struggling financially, and so my job was ending. I was also experiencing a significant amount of burnout, and so I wasn't even convinced that I wanted to go back into any type of ministry. And also the economy is still struggling from 2008, and so ended up just teaching for a year. And this brought up a big question for our family of where to go to church. We've been a part of this church for 11 years. Uh, it was really my only church as an adult, and I only went to one church uh, growing up. And so hopping around churches is not something that uh, I've done. And because of where we were, one of the main choices we had to go was to uh, Redeemer, which was just a larger, more established church a lot of our friends went there, and there was a big draw there. But something else was happening during that time. Don Alden, uh, who was the associate pastor at Redeemer, was looking to plant a church. And he was looking to plant a church on the eastern side of Athens, which is one of the big draws that Katie and I had. We had already lived on that side of town for six years. It was a place where we had hoped to 
dig some deep roots as a family. We also knew the importance of just church plants, of, of it being a means by which God spreads the good news, brings new people in, and advances his kingdom and uh, his work. And, and so we joined up with Resurrection in the fall of 2010 just as a normal, ordinary family being a part of, of this work. And, and we started, and, and some of you were there. I remember the, those first Sunday at, at Old Gaines Elementary School. And so uh, think about a, an elementary cafeteria and then bring your expectations down. <laughs> uh, that's what it was. There were these strange pillars uh, that kind of ran throughout the cafeteria. We're sitting in these uh, uncomfortable chairs, and, and Don is preaching through the gospel uh, of Mark. It, it reminds me of stories you hear of young couples that get married and they don't have any furniture, so they're just kind of sitting in these lawn chairs, you know, watching a plugged-in TV. It, it felt kind of like that, but there was something special about it. We were starting something new, and we were, we were doing it together. And then uh, that building shut down, and so this begins our, our journey of moving. And so we went to the, the newer building of Gaines, uh, upgraded, but you're still in a cafeteria. You're Children are still meeting in hallways. Um, you're having conversations with teachers about what they don't want you to touch in their classrooms. I remember specifically even the, the buzzing of the ice cream machine <laughs> in the cafeteria that we would unplug and pray that somebody would remember to plug it back in afterwards. We, we had a trailer that, that we would bring in. I would not do it, but others would haul in and you think about the kind of work we do now, think about just bringing a trailer in and bringing it in and all out. It's, it's all a part of our story. And a year in, I was invited by Don to become a part of the staff at Resurrection. Uh, it felt a little bit like, I don't know how many of you watched The Office, but there's this conversation, this ongoing disagreement between uh, Dwight Schrute and uh, his boss about what his job is. You know, Dwight says he's the assistant regional manager, but his boss says he's assistant to the regional manager. So I started off as assistant to the pastor, <laughs> became assistant pastor, associate pastor, and then transitioned a few years ago as Don was transitioning. And Don Alden is in the nursery, still serving our kids and loving our church well, and, and Jenny's in here, and they've been such a gift uh, to us. But going back to those early days, one thing that happened early on was this piece of land came up for sale. It was 60 acres of, of property that was right in the area that we wanted to build. And it was at such a steel price. You know, we could barely pay our bills, but it was like we can afford the monthly payment on this land um, because it was 60000 and recently it's been appraised for over 400 I believe. But we got it at the time before we knew uh, what we could do with it. And so it was this kind of this seed of a dream of the kind of church that, uh, that we could be. And there, at the same time, there was a generous financial commitment that came in that enabled us to lease some office space that was across the street from Johnny's Pizza. And so this is, you're seeing us be able to dig some, some deep roots in a place that we really wanted to be. And so set up my office, and then we, we wanted to, to invest more money into it and buy furniture. So Katie and I, um, <sighs> um, golly, these are, this is crazy. Um, I did not expect this part. 
we went to Ikea. That's where you go when you want furniture for cheap. <laughs> Bought all this stuff. Excited, come back. Um, the next day, get, you know, news that this big, generous financial commitment is pulled out. So all of a sudden, I'm, I moved from full-time to part-time. We return. <laughs> Katie's been through a lot. So that was a big transition. Um, County changed their policies. We also moved from uh, from meeting at Gaines in the area we wanted to the Classic Center. Um, And we've been here for almost 10 years. We started in the fire hall room way down there, going back to our our pole theme. (laughs) There's a giant pole that's right in the middle. And then they had plans for repurposing this room, and so we got kicked out of there. To some of you, this room feels very new. This is not new. (laughs) We spent years in this room. We just worshiped this way instead of this way. (laughs) We had Sunday school. Beth Beck ran our Sunday school program, which met in these corners throughout there because we don't have the space. Um, And eventually the foundry building opened up and we were able to go in there. Just it's more expensive, but it just seemed like a better fit. We were at least able to have some just clear nursery space and opportunities to do some different things that we wanted to do. Went through this pastoral transition where I'm stepping into the new role. And as you can imagine, there's just a lot of change that happens in in me and in the church uh, and in what we're doing. And it just felt like we were settling into this really beautiful place around 2018. Uh, So around 2019, we we really get uh, a building committee up and running again where it just seems like we are poised for, we're growing, we're poised to take a step forward. And this team does awesome work. Uh, We work with an outside organization. We have plans that come up of what we're going to do to build. We're about 80% there, and then um, a small thing called COVID happens to the world. So, okay, plans stop again, and now we're in a waiting zone because the economy's a mess. We're not able to even meet together in person. Who knows what our finances are going to be like coming out of this. And that just takes, it's going to take two years for that to, to settle out. And, um, and, and as we come out of that, you know, what had once been like a $2 million building now almost overnight has become, you know, a $3.2, $3.5 million building. And it's just how do we just can't. Um, we have very generous, faithful givers, but like we just, um, we don't have anybody just to bankroll that kind of, that kind of project. Um, and so what happens is coming out of this time, we, we decide, okay, now 2022, you know, now's the time. Let's move forward. Let's see what we can do. And so we, we started talking with different people within the church and um, engaging just what can we afford so that uh, when something does come up, what can we purchase? 
um, as, a, as a church together. And so wanting to be prepared. And, and uh, you all have given so generously. Uh, everything from, from $20 to $2,000 um, to $20,000 to $100,000. You all have been invested in this work. And it's meant so much to, to me and to, to one another. Um, and, our, and our designs on this time were always for the eastern side of, of town. Um, I can't tell you how many times that I personally have drove around, how many places I've called. Some, I'll, I'll get wonderful texts from people asking, hey, what about this place? It's like, man, I've, I've called them. I've been in there. I've, I've, I've done that. We just, we're trying to thread a needle, and, and it's, it's just really hard in terms of, of what we need as a church. And so just feeling like reaching many different dead ends and discouragement and thinking about the proverb today, thirteen twelve, just said, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And so uh, three weeks ago, I uh, got an email about this property that we're going to be uh, looking at, and uh, my initial response was just, uh, meh. Uh, because it's not, it's not where in, envisioned being. And so I decided, well, I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm open to a lot of different creative uh, ideas. And normally my creative, crazy idea person is Troy Beckett. He's, <laughs> he's had lots of awesome, crazy ideas over the years. Um, but I looked through the windows, and I was, just, I was pretty impressed at what I saw and, and began to think, wow, this this could fit us, and as began to look at it, you know, there's certain boxes we want this property to check, and the strange dilemma or opportunity that was there was that it, was, it wasn't just check, it was like check plus, check plus plus, check plus, check plus plus, except for this thing called location, <laughs> minor detail, <laughs> circle that, okay. So then building committee elders go look at it. I'm also not wanting, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to do this communally and together. I'm, I'm not trying to bulldoze anything. And I'm also confused about what I think. Um, I'm having to wrestle with this in a, in a unique way personally. And so, um, so they look at it and just the, the feeling is similar as they look at it. It's like, this is amazing, but it's not where we thought, but it's amazing. Get, get our deacons over there, uh, get the staff over there, and there's just a similar growing sense of this is amazing, but it's not where we thought. What, uh, what does that mean? Um, it's hit everybody in a different way. I've spent a lot of time these past two and a half weeks having conversations with you and others who aren't here. Um, Katie and I, have, have, we've spent the last 18 years of our life um, on the eastern side of town. Our kids have done rec sports there. We work out at the gym there. That's where our restaurants are. That's where we've done life. We've intentionally moved there. I, we live in the neighborhood in which our land is at. So my, my vision was like, I can ride my bike or walk to church, and these are the neighbors. Like it just, it was very clear to me. And so if you have felt disoriented in this process, uh, I have as well. Um, if it has felt rushed to you, it has felt rushed to me as well. If you know me, uh, I don't make quick decisions. Um, Katie can attest to that. And so even this process of God kind of speeding it up in a very condensed way has been something strange. And the question that has come to the forefront in my heart and in so many of yours, I think, is what if God might be leading us in a different direction? And what does that mean? And two verses came to mind that I, I memorized years ago. 
Another benefit of just putting Scripture to heart is they tend to come up in special times. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Uh, many have asked you know, how I'm doing in this process, and it's, it's been a mixture. There's, there's such a, a high level of excitement. I'm also scared to death. Uh, I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm energized. I'm tired. I'm encouraged. And it hasn't just been about me, too. It's, I've heard the saying, you know, you're, you're only, as a parent, you're only as happy as your, aunt most, as your least happy child. Have you ever heard that? There's a grain of truth in that in, in, uh, in pastoring as well. Um, for those who have been particularly thinking and, and maybe wrestling with this personally, you've been on my heart so, so much. And, and that just, it is what it is. And so you've, I've, I've felt that. And so there's been this mixture of just excitement and, and we're in this together as a family. And, and I, what does that look like? And, and what, does that, what does that mean for us? Um, so where, where I end up landing is this is not what I thought we would do or the direction I thought we would be going in, but I think it's really, really good for us as a church. And I'm still not sure what to make of that. Um, and I'm not saying authoritatively from the pulpit, this is God's will for us, and you need to vote in a particular way. I hope you vote your conscience on this. Um, every decision comes with a risk. And the bigger the decision, the, the bigger the risk tends to be as well. And, and the message of Proverbs and that, that I want to kind of end with and, and encourage you all is that we can trust in God's good care as we navigate through the complexities of life. As we make decisions that have risks and we can't predict what will happen uh, as to our church as we make this move, if that's the way that the church votes to go in. There's so many questions, and I've thought of so many of those questions these past two weeks, and I don't have the answers. And so it's been an encouraging process in that it has pushed me to a place of deeper faith of saying, okay, maybe it's not about my plans. Maybe it's a little bit more about your plans and about what you are doing and about where you are leading. And it makes sense of that's how God operates. Uh, uh, Andy, our youngest, a couple weeks ago, got some two guinea pigs, uh, Brownie and Moo Moo, the newest members of, of the Bryant family. And when he first got them, he, he started to make a little maze for them just to, to see if they could kind of figure it out, find their way through and, and get to the end and have a, have a reward. And I was thinking about that, and that's just that's not the way that God operates. Um, this is not like a trick or a test that God is saying, I wonder if resurrection can navigate their way safely through this and get to this prize and find their way. And I'm going to stand back passively and, and not be involved. What we see in scripture, I mean, we just spent the last year in Exodus. And at the end, you just see this, they're being led in the wilderness by a pillar, a fire by night, a cloud by day. And they're being led. And what they are not getting is a detailed explanation of God's strategy in all of this. God would meet with Moses, but it was never, hey, Moses, here's what we're going to be doing the next month. I want you to work your calendar around it and tell the people this. 
It was just, when you see the cloud move, you follow. When you see the cloud stop, you stop. That's all I'm going to tell you. Jesus brings this model in in the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. Jesus talks about, hey, tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow or the next day. Today's fine. But this day-by-day leading is how God leads us. Um, I think about the story of Corey Ten Boom. She was, uh, lived in the Netherlands, and, and her family was, help, was put in jail for, for helping Jews in their area, and her sister died. And um, her, her dad was just a strong believer. And when she was a little girl, there was this conversation she had. She was afraid that uh, her dad... She realized for the first time that her dad would die. And, and she's like, Daddy, I don't, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. And this beautiful like wisdom moment of a father, he says, Corey, when do, I, when do I give you the ticket you need to get on the train? And she said, when I'm about to get on the train. He says, that, that's how God works. When, when the time comes, he will give you exactly what you need. Not before. And, and that applies to so many different situations, even, even with us. There's a lot of needs. There's a lot of questions I, I have that I, that I want answered. Um, but that is the way that, that God operates. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. At the end of the day, this... There's so much more going on in the life of our church and in your lives and in this building. This is one decision, but I, I, I know what so many of you are facing in terms of, of family and kids and, and work and health. And you have questions that run much deeper than where's our church going to worship on a Sunday morning. And they're real and they're weighty. And so my encouragement to you is, is this, that we have a God on whom we can rely That's why I included the Romans 8 passage, because it's one of the most beautiful streams of promises that God gives His people where He says, if you belong to Me, if if I am your God and you are My people, then I will take every raw detail of your life and I will orchestrate it and work it for good. No matter how crazy and messed up and bad it looks. No matter what happens, I will work that. And you could ask the question, well, how do we know you're going to do that? And in Paul's logic, he says this. He says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? The logic there is God saying, I've done what is most difficult. I have paid what is most costly already. How will I not care for you in these other smaller momentary ways when you have seen how much I have invested? And that is why we look at the cross. That is where we see God's reliance, His faithfulness, his goodness. Um, so we're, we, as a church, um, ironically, we were hoping that a building would lead us uh, out of fog and into clarity. But we are being led into a new space where we have opportunity to trust in new ways and follow God into this exciting unknown where he is doing the work of his kingdom, bringing healing and bringing hope. Uh, I, do, I do love you all, and, and I'm grateful for to be a part of this, to be journeying together. Would you pray with me?
Uh, Father, we thank you for all your past faithfulness. As we prayed this morning, just that while the future might be foggy, the past is crystal clear. We can look at ways you have cared for us as a church, the ways you have cared for us individually and provided and protected. And ultimately, we can, we can look at all of your promises in the Old Testament, but ultimately we can look at Jesus, the gift of your own Son, crucified for us, that says to us with such loud gladness that you are our God for us always. And this is the good news. And so would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you provide for us? Would you protect us? Would you unite us? Help us to walk by faith in the one who has loved us and given himself for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.